Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank It's pro- this probably should be the start of the podcast. Hello. Oh. So, Jamie, I've, I've, uh, I know previously we've had Alyssa on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We've had Ellen on the podcast. Yeah. We've had Corey on the podcast. Um, and I asked myself, what do we need to do to really get the ratings? Uh, and, of course, that is why I brought on our new uh, podcast co-host, uh, Gus. Uh, Augusta Morag Gillespie Music, uh, our new dog. Uh, who's going to just help drive us through the roof, okay? I know that talking dog stuff does really well, so all she has to do is learn to talk, and suddenly we've got a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, so we've got the dog part. We just need to now do the slightly more difficult talking part. She's trying. Oh I'm not going to be able to do the whole podcast today. It's too cute. He's just whining at me. He's saying, I hated this film too. (laughs) He's like, Jonathan Dem produced better. Okay, Gus, I agree too. I'm going to let you down, huh? Alright, I'm going to pass you across to Alyssa. Oh. (laughs) Now Alyssa just has to keep him quiet for the next two hours. Gus says bye. Oh, he's Oh, dear listeners, you are missing out on the opportunity of me seeing a dog waving me goodbye. And goodness gracious, it's never going to get better than that. So we better get the podcast started. And hello and welcome to Blank Spank, season two, the Hathaway Stashaway. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Hello, Al. Now, Al, uh, to, to continue the discussion of your dog now now that it is out the room, because I have, I have a bit of a sensitive topic to, to yeah, discuss with regard to your dog. Uh, obviously, you acquired this dog this week. Uh, and uh, for people who haven't been checking the news, uh, famously, fam- famously seems very weird for what I'm about to say. So I'm going to replace that with a different adverb. Uh, sadly, um, uh, Champ Biden, the the first, the president's dog, did also pass away this week. Now, all yeah. I just have to notice the coincidental mm-hmm. timing of Champ passing away and the acquisition of your new dog this week. So all I'm saying is, do you think it is possible that your dear dog, Gus, is a reincarnation of the first president's... Uh, the, the, the pres- what do they call it? The first dog? The first dog. First the dog. First first dog, dog. Is a reincarnation of the first dog, Champ Biden. Um, okay, I got I got some questions here. Do you mean now? I know famously, and uh, I'm sorry to out you like this, but you're a cat person. Um, you said this on the podcast before, so I guess it's not really outing you, but you are a cat <laughs> person. How big do you think dogs are born? Uh, just, just out of interest. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just come out fully formed, right? They're like, yeah, yeah. like, like. In fact, uh, do- dogs are actually the second form, right? They're they're like a they're like a bug, like a caterpillar beforehand, and then they turn into a cocoon, and then they just come out fully formed as a dog. That's my that understanding true. of how this works. That is well, you know, I'm glad you passed A level biology. Um, uh, but uh, you definitely pass your uh, oh Christ, what, is, what do you do in England? The weird one, the 12, 12 year old test? The 11 year old exams? 11 plus? 
11 plus exams there you go you pass your biology in that well done we don't do this in Scotland because we're smarter than the average bears um, no so uh, uh, yes Jamie uh, Gus is uh, 8 weeks old um, okay. so there is there is a little bit of overlap so uh, correct me if I'm wrong I feel incarnation normally happens that the thing dies and then is reincarnated yes rather yeah, than it, the it, soul the... transfers across the last it's few weeks of their life slow... <laughs> Gus has been slowly subsuming the soul of Champ, and finally, uh, finally, as it was ready to enter your arms, uh, is is when it finally took the last bit of life. Fantastic. I mean, I I like that. I I kind of came in with a picture of what we had a talking dog podcast, and you went, you know what people like more than talking dog podcasts? Podcasts where the dog dies at the end. Um... <laughs> Look, I've learned from every. Ho- I've been doing a film podcast for long enough. I've learned from mm-hmm. Hollywood movies. The dog has to die. It's how you get people invested in the personal stories. It, it's it's what makes you feel. So, you can't make. You can't just you know do actually good writing to make your characters sympathetic. You just have to have bad things happen to them, gotcha. and that's totally not a reference to this week's film. <laughs> oh dear, Alexander, do you have can any? I, any I... Yeah. Yeah, I have one last thought on that, actually, Jamie. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one of Turner and Hooch was the dog, but which one died? Uh, uh, Hooch is the dog, I believe. Hooch is the dog. Right, okay. I think. And, and did Hooch die? Did Hooch yes. take a bullet for Turner? I really don't remember that yeah, movie. I don't remember that movie at all. It was Hooch um, like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it, feel, it feels like, I think Hooch took a bullet, but I don't think Hooch died. I think Hooch Die, didn't she? Because I thought that then she has like I thought okay. it was like turned out as just she, and then she has puppies. I can't remember. Does, Maybe... t- does Hooch die? Uh, yes, yes, Hooch dies. Hooch, Hooch dies, dies in Turner Hooch. Yes. Sorry, lads. Spoil- spo- yeah, spoilers for a podcast ago. we recorded two years ago. <laughs> oh dear. Um, right, shall we just get straight into it? Because uh, uh, a fun. It, it's a two-week <sighs> episode, lads. Sorry. No, two episode week. Um, oh. we, we do this every now and then. I'm on holiday next week since so my birthday. So we're recording two episodes back to back. So we cannot do the three hour episodes we've been doing recently. Nor would I want to about the films we're discussing this week. Uh, or next week. Uh, not to spoil it for that one either. But yeah, let's just get straight no, into it. No, Jamie, and, Jamie, oh. you're understanding. I've seen both these films, all right? And what I want you to know, guys, is this is going to be some two real controversial episodes. That's right. Oh, You've got Jesus. to listen for some hot takes. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Jamie, I, Jamie, I don't know. I don't know why you're like like pitching it for people who have already downloaded yeah. the episode. Well, they've you got to download the don't... next one too, Jamie. You've got to go download <laughs> the don't... next one too. You would always be selling, Jamie. All right. That's why you didn't make it in the the, the cutthroat world of insurance sales. All right? Right? you got to always be selling. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I, you know, sometimes I don't like when people remind me when I worked in a call center for an insurance company for two months. Uh, I feel like I'm getting PTSD flashbacks. Um, so yeah, instead, let's get um... PTSD flashbacks about this film. Uh, this week, we are talking about uh, 2014s? 2014, 2013? No, the next one's 2014, because I'm film context on the next one. I'm not the film context on this one. So, well, you can tell me when it came out, and so many more details uh, about this week's film of Song One, starring, of of course, course, Anne Hathaway and Johnny Flynn. Jamie, it's fair enough that you uh, can ask yourself, when did this come out? It actually comes out in a slightly, like, it's one of those festival films, and therefore has a slightly convoluted uh, release date. It comes out, like, January 20th, uh, 2014, at Sundance. That's where it premieres. However, it doesn't get a release uh, in the States, nationwide until january 23rd 2015 so we're saying it's a 2014 film because of course we can and you can you ask yourself all right who's in this of course 
Uh, it's starring naturally Anne Hathaway uh, of uh, Anne Hathaway fame. We're doing this podcast uh, of, about of this her. podcast fame. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, Mary Steenburgen, uh, Steenburgen, uh, also known as uh, the woman who looks an awful lot like the other lady from Get Out. Uh, yeah. She also is married to Dead Danson. She's also been in an incredible amount on her own. Um, yes, sorry, sorry to reduce for that. And uh, Johnny Flynn, also known as the guy from the TV show that temporarily had the worst name of any TV show oh, what ever. What are you talking written. about? What are you talking about? Scrotal Recall, incredible name. Yes, I... Scrotal Recall, renamed Lovesick. Um, Johnny Flynn, a musician in his own right, uh, but yes. latterly became uh, an actor. Or actually, I think. I think he, I think he actor slash musician. I think he got more fame as a musician musician initially, although trained as an as an actor, um, but then has now been doing more and more uh, acting. Uh, yeah. More recently, was in uh, he, Emma, I believe. He was in Emma. He was obviously in Lovesick. He was also in um, Beast, uh, a movie set in Jersey about a serial killer in Jersey, Jersey where he used to grow up under the Giants. He was also in Jamie. You might not know this. Hangman in the uh, the Royal Court. Uh, he oh, played the uh, the Ma- Ma- McDonough play. Yeah, Ma- McDonough play. Uh, maybe my favorite Martin McDonough play uh, because uh, well, it's the least did, weird was, one. was he was he in the original cast? Yeah, he was in the original cast. Oh, fair play. Who did he play? He played the uh, young gentleman who shows up at the house. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> nice for not giving too many spoilers. <laughs> yes. Oh, again, Martin McDonough plays are normally weird. That was the least weird Martin McDonough play uh, that I've yeah. seen. The weirdest has to be the one which was, uh, I think, I can't even remember what the full title was. I saw it with um, uh, your flatmate, uh, Miles. Uh, he came down from St. Andrews. Mar- of course, uh, Miles, a huge fan of Martin McDonough. And we yeah. went to go see it. I can't remember the title. I apologize for that. The, the conceit was basically that um, Hans Christian Andersen was keeping a Congolese uh, pygmy woman uh, in a cage and uh, forcing her to write, sorry, a, a time-traveling Congolese pygmy woman in a cage and forcing her to write all of his stories for her. Uh, and then at some point, she t- someone else time travels in and they break out and kill Hans Christian Andersen. It's a weird, but that, uh, that one is like... That, that is a, a very, very, very dark matter, mm. uh, I believe, from what yes. I'm looking at on uh, the Wikipedia. Yeah, that sounds is, wild. It's genuinely like what I appreciate the shit out of this guy. You know, he write. You know, he, at, the, at the time, you know, in between writing Oscar-nominated movies, obviously comes from theatre, has a background in theatre, and it's like, you know what? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but but specifically, some people shit out play, and it's just boring. That was not boring. It was just the most objectively weird thing I've ever seen, and therefore it's really hard to uh, critique in any way. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's uh, for, how for, I for any uh, non-theatrical people who might not know who we're talking about, Martin Madonna, also known within the film industry for Three Billboards in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Uh, you know, for you plebs that don't go to the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Oh my god! This one time I um, was in a wasn't even in an English class. This is actually this is the worst opinion I've ever heard on theatre, and it wasn't even yeah. an English class. It was in a comparative literature class. And we were talking about like the kind of seeing the live theatre performance, and this uh, one girl went, you know, I just really, I just really hate that people film it. I just, I just think you have gotta be in the room. I just, I just think you gotta be there. And I kind of went like, yeah, no, I mean, I agree that, except for the fact that people charge fifty quid a ticket. And if yeah. you want to be teach it in school, this is a great like films, films um, theatre is a great resource for like teaching and stuff because yeah, yeah uh, as it turns and, out. And, and you know what, filming also, it doesn't mean people are gonna stop. Go- 
Yeah, people. If filming it doesn't mean people are going to stop going to the theatre. You no, fucking morons. <laughs> people will that. always go to the theatre. Guys, it's the Game Pass. Okay, well, let, let's quickly talk with E3. No, oh my god. I, I know, I know we method, don't right? want to talk put, about this You movie. put it online, you put it online, people get it and they're like, oh, cool. And then they go watch stuff in real life, right? They go buy more stuff because they're playing your stuff. Exactly, guys. Think about it. Next level. E3, guys. Okay, let's Xbox talk about one, Song 1. I, I hate I hate that I'm saying this, but yeah, let's talk sorry, about sorry. Song I, 1. I, Jamie, you might not know this. I am incredibly sleep deprived for about four different reasons, which is ah, why sick. I'm a loosey-goosey today. It was made for a budget of $6 million. Jamie, guess how much it made at the box office? Uh, I know exactly yeah. how much it made. It made about $32,000. <laughs> that is what we call a tax write-off, baby. <laughs> yeah, on a $6 million budget. Th- 30, I, th- I think I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, because we also had that really weird um, uh, film with Tom Hanks, Every Time We Say Goodbye. Um, and that also had an incredibly low box office. So I want to check. See, even that, that we thought was an absolute flop. And that earned $278,000. Yeah. This is by far the biggest box office flop we've had. So so here's the thing, right? Um, I'm going to make two pitches. One, the question is how how many screens did this open? This was an indie film. It was distributed oh, yeah. it, it by might, yeah. uh, the film arcade in like, uh, Synergym. My guess is that this didn't open anywhere at all, really. Uh, uh, I'm I'm saying it uh, opened in 27 screens. 27 mm. screens. But again, that's really... like Every time you say goodbye... Oh, that's still terrible. That's, that's, that's terrible. That's 27 terrible, screens but... and it made... Sorry, 27 screens and it made 27 30 grand. Means it made give or take about a grand a screen. Yeah, which, which is means awful. maybe fifty people each room yeah. to see it. Um, uh, we, we like I I bring up every time you say goodbye, but every time you say goodbye was early on in Tom Hanks's career. This yeah. is this is fucking Anne an Anne Hathaway post Oscar led film, and it just fucking bombs horrifically. Sure, but I uh, yes, but right, like they're different beasts. Every time we say goodbye, I think, if it's as far as I remember, wasn't wasn't an indie film. It was a like um, studio movie, at least not necessarily a huge studio, but like it had a bit more clout behind it. This uh, is like Yeah. This is this is very much a like a film equivalent of I'm trying to think what's the closest thing she's done to this, but it's probably Havoc. Um it's it's it, it, but, even then it's it's more indie really than Havoc, right? Like But it's, why is she doing it then? Oh, because Jonathan Demme's producing it. Um, so the director of uh, Rachel Getting Married is one of the producers on this. My guess is, said, hey, do you want to be in this? We'll do a bit. We'll be about f- 10 days filming. And, you know, like it costs six million, right? So if you get paid. So, so whatever, basically John, then, Jonathan, do- Jonathan Demme turned to Anne Hathaway and he said, hey, have you ever heard The Mumford and Sons? Uh, and yeah. she went, yeah, yeah, no, I love them. And she was like, okay, what about what? what about if you got to fuck one of them and his music brought people back to life and she was like sweet yeah let's let's go oh, let's oh. let's do it sorry i actually forgot um i i believe and i just need to find out which yes um her husband is also one of the producers on this um ah. so i i don't know as is if... as she is she is uh, also a producer on this i'm now seeing let me check. Maybe we should do else. our own research. I mean, I I say maybe we should. Maybe you should do. No, no, um, I did. But the, on the, the thing I saw, she wasn't a producer. Uh, on um, this are produced by, we've got Mark Platt, Jonathan Dem, Anne oh, Hathaway, about, uh, Adam Shulman, really. uh, Christopher Woodrow, Molly Connors. So basically Jeez. all of them were like, hey, lads, let's just all pitch in like 50 grand. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, just make I'm, a film. 
where I get to fuck Johnny Flynn. Yeah, I, 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 like, I'm trying to even think how this gets made. Um, that's just like a title of a podcast. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, my guess was it was just a like script gets written. Um, it's written and directed by Kate Barker Froland, who I don't know anything about because she does not show up anywhere else. Yeah, um, it, it, it was her first uh, first written and directed film. Yeah, and like is a she she was an, interestingly another documentarian. So again, a little bit like. Um, yeah, so she she's basically a, a, I think she was another documentarian who kind of went into narrative filmmaking. So weirdly similar to Havoc, um, yeah. in a way that I find weird. Not weird, but like it's interesting, but obviously doesn't necessarily do super well. Mm. Um, so anyway, moving on from that, so we talked we talked overly long. I apologise. Uh, it's yeah, it does. So so concept of the film is uh, Franny, uh, who is uh, the sister to a musician called uh, uh, Henry um, gets told by her mother that Henry has been hit by a car and she must return to New York uh, while Henry is in a coma and uh, while in New York she finds uh, Johnny Flynn who's playing a musician uh, known as James Forrester which is a, which is actually a really good name for an indie musician All right, they were like what's yeah. an indie musician's name and they went James Forrester and they went yeah yeah, that, that sounds like knockoff Bon Iver Bon Iver apologies um that's kind of this conceit. Jamie, I've got, to, I've got to ask a quick question, though. Yeah. Um, have you been hit by a car? Uh, me, personally, no. I've been in a car, but let's go with hit by a car and not sure. hit another car. Sure. Okay, I've been okay. in a car while it's collided with <laughs> another car. We won't talk about who's felt too much. <laughs> All right. Uh, have, you, have you ever... Uh, felt the need uh, in your life just to start spontaneously singing uh i mean yeah to be yeah. fair yeah <laughs> no, no, of course, of course. and then uh, I, I, do we, I think this might be quite serious have you ever been produced by jonathan den <laughs> uh it it might have slipped my mind i might have i might mm. i can't i can't confirm or deny you know i've been produced by so many people yeah. it's just difficult to know Jamie, I mean, here's my problem. Here's my problem. All right, that's 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 two out of three symptoms. I I think you might be stuck in that Hathaway movie. All right, I is- I I, I, I- <laughs> getting hit by a car and singing is uh, you know two of the key two of the most important signs that you are stuck in an Anna Hathaway film. Um, so you need to take this. Uh, this yep. of course is my uh, bottle of uh, Hathaway, uh, which will uh, keep Anne Hathaway away from you. Okay. Thank you very much. Before we dive into the plot, should we do our um, Six Degrees of Separation, uh, yeah. where we link uh, this film to our erstwhile season one star, Thomas Jeffrey Hanks, uh, through the game Six Degrees of Separation sure. with people who have starred in films together. Alexander, I'm going to let you embarrass yourself. Go ahead. Sure. I can do it in one. Oh, shit. So can I. <laughs> uh, Mary Steenbergen was in uh, Philadelphia. Yes, uh, she was. Which uh, makes it very easy to connect it to Damn Tom it. Hanks. I thought you weren't going to get that one. I here's, thought you were going to go some silly convoluted route. Here's the way, right? This game is very easy if you have someone who is still working and is above the age of 60. Because Tom Hanks <laughs> has probably been with them, probably even had them as a love interest in a movie. Obviously yeah. not in Philadelphia. Uh, no, he, yeah, he plays um, the, the oh, sorry, she plays, Mary Steenburgen plays the uh, opposition lawyer in, um, uh, or 
pro- prosecution lawyer, whatever, uh, in in Philadelphia. Um, so that is us. Let's get right into song one. Goodness gracious. This we're film 20 begins. In. Why, why are we 20 minutes because, in? <laughs> Jamie, good, because the plot is incredibly quick for this. Jamie, yeah. the film, I was actually worried we, it would be too short. So we will be quite <laughs> on time. Don't you worry, guys. You're in for some hot takes here. Uh, this film begins the same way that one day ends. That's suspicious. And you think about it, Jamie. Song one, one day. That's right. It runs on. Is this all part of one film? That's right. Henry, he's just a busker. He's going around, he's writing some songs. Obviously, that doesn't happen in one day. So you think to yourself, what's the connection here? Henry goes out, he's listening to his iPod. In 2014, you think to yourself, why is he listening to his iPod, not his iPhone, or any other kind of phone where you can listen to music? I don't know. It's a weird script. Henry's just chilling out on the roads of New York, and he's like, bam, hit by a car. All right, tragic, very sad. Uh, Henry, is he dead? I was convinced he was dead, Jamie, but he's not dead. He's in hospital and in a coma. We moved to yep. Morocco, the second reason why Anne Hathaway agreed to be in this movie, so she could have a holiday to Morocco. <laughs> that is slightly harsh, but that's why I would do the movie, so that I'm projecting here. Um, she is uh, at a wedding ceremony. She's kind of typing stuff up. Uh, she's going for notes. You think to yourself, are you a journalist? Is this a journalism thing? No, it's not a journalism thing. She's an anthropologist, uh, yes. also known as... Uh, sexy historians you know what if what if what if what if you know anthropologists are like historians but who talk more about you know things which are like kind of cool and at a party you'd be like yeah that is kind of deep how how are societies formed yeah uh famously uh at st andrews uh there were kind of uh two things that americans would study at the university uh which of course were international relations and anthropology Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and I don't actually think any uh, British people ever took an anthropology course. I think it was just no, exclusively no. North Americans. It, it, it's it's course. an entirely uh, it's an entire industry held up exclusively by wanky Americans. Oh, yeah, true. Um, British people over in the corner being like, "You can learn everything from history," and Americans <laughs> like, "Talk about your feelings, man." But that's the, this is from the same yeah, university that had cool a, and all, But like, what were the people like? This, this is like, this yes, is we also same, do that in history. This is this is this from the same university which created a course. Uh, known as great ideas. Um, oh uh, my which god! Was, which Absolute was so dross <laughs> class. That and any any thick as shit moron. I.e., my flatmates in first year will take for an easy credit. Um, yeah, so yeah, so, Anne Hathaway gets back. Um, you know, has a little cry yeah. with her mum and chatting and the doctor. The doctor's you, you, you might go, yeah. Jamie. You might ask. You know, who's her mum? Can't be Mary Steenburgen. She's too young. All right, look at her. She's 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 spry. Clearly, they're lovers, but they're not lovers, Jamie. She's her mum. All right. <laughs> As you said, they're having a cry together, as you would cry if a sibling of yours was in a coma. Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah. I mean, you say that. Mary Steenburgen's 30 years older than Anne Hathaway. Yeah. So, but they could still be lovers, Jamie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could, but they also well, easily could Anne, be Anne mother Hathaway and daughter. Is, Anne Hathaway is an adult. All right. That is fine. They can. They can yes, I agree with that. I just affair. don't agree that they that you've never assumed their mum and daughter. Anyway, are you trying to hit on Mary Steenburgen? You're like you're like the the bartender who's serving them drinks and going, "Oh, you must be sisters." <laughs> one, one time, one time when I was fourteen, I uh, fifteen, I was in London um, doing some work experience my, my cousin had very kindly set me up to do some work experience at a production company with his mate and um i'd gone down and i i'd sucked at this i had been very bad at this this I, I didn't know how to do work experience and they didn't really know what to do with an intern so that's on both of us but on the way back we flew up from london city and i think it's maybe the only time i've ever flown up from london city and the guy holds my passport holds my dad's passport looks at us and goes so you guys brothers then 
and I just fucking was full of rage <laughs> as a young boy who had been told for the last four years that he looked like a 30 year old man it pissed me off more than anything <laughs> someone was like you're 14 you're 14 but clearly your brothers are not father and son i know they were just uh, complimenting my dad but it felt like they were insulting me <laughs> anyway alexander you are a tangent Steen, machine St- today Dude, can i, I please so t- can I, okay no, just take a nap no, Jamie, take a nap you, no, let no, me do you always, you always get to do the plot you always get to do the plot i know I but i have one thing I don't go, remember go, anything go, from this go. movie. I just want to talk about one thing which go, happens in this me, goddamn me, scene. Go. Basically, uh, she's talking to the doctor. The doctor's basically like, oh, given all the symptoms, this is your brain. And she goes, look, doctor, this movie is 88 minutes long. We need some exposition. And he goes, okay, he's not. we, we just need to wait. We've got to wait. And then she chats with her mom, have a cry. They go out on a balcony. And Alexander, isn't it just great when instead of like layering history and backstory and making it feel natural, you can just have one conversation and get it all out in the air in one go. So basically, she's moved away. She's not been back in the house. The mum's been rebuilding the bed, uh, been re- removed the rebuilding. bed from the bed, rebuilding the bed, removed the bed from the bedroom. The, the, the brother's been writing to her, but she's not been writing back. She's not replied for two years. Blah, blah, blah. Family tensions set up for the whole story let's get it out of the way jamie, jamie there's, there's there's two important things uh i have to ask you you have a sibling right i, I have do. i have two siblings so really yes. i win but um the, the question is if i fell out with my sibling over what is and we'll, we'll spoil it now they fell out because her brother dropped out of university to become a musician yeah you might you you hey a fair enough reason to have an argument with your sibling okay yep. that's it's a big step it feels very risky doesn't feel like a safe choice sure might have an argument I don't think I wouldn't talk to them for two years over yeah, that. Pro- kind of... Yeah, probably not. It, it wasn't Most like they were. Not. There, are, there, are, there are there are hundred percent arguments to um, you know not talk to your sibling for for over two years. Maybe I, I don't know. They're all too dark to mention on a comedy podcast. But your brother dropping out of university to becoming a musician it is not worth not speaking and, to them. And and also the years. fact that he has been sending you his music, really and you're sad. like, I'm not even gonna check to see whether he's I, good. I, I refuse <laughs> to condone this behaviour. Um, so um, yeah, so, so yeah, she's now back at the house. She's like going through his old stuff playing some of his songs and like yeah. oh he was actually quite good and she finds a ticket for no no jamie jamie, jamie stop oh that. my stop god oh stop my god. you son of a bitch all right you said <laughs> oh he's actually quite good jamie i want you to look me in the goddamn eyes and tell me if you think that songwriting is actually quite good he's a I fine do, singer i do not you... i do not i was speaking from the universe of the film which wants you to think that indie folk music <laughs> is the most revolutionary thing that anyone has ever created <laughs> but it's not even that it's, it's indie folk music with poor songwriting because yeah. Oh. The oh. The, yeah. The lyrics all suck. I mean, so, the yeah, writing going, in this movie across the board is terrible. She goes um, around. She does that. She kind of. She listens to some of the songs. She's like, "Holy shit!" He had a load of good stuff, but I listened to none of it. She proceeds to then go to a gig. Uh, so the kind of around that night, she goes to. Uh, she, well, she finds she finds a ticket with James Forrester's name Forrester. on it for, uh, in yeah. her brother's room. She um, goes to the gig. She can listen to it. James Forrester comes out. He's like, "Yo, I'm." Um, you might not know this, but I'm uh, Boniver. It's pronounced Boniver, not Boniver. All right, yeah, because I'm cool. <laughs> it's like Good Winter. Yeah, that's what I do. And he kind of noodles on his guitar because it, he's very much just doing like forever, forever ago. That, that's sort yeah. of what everyone in this movie is just doing. Not even like later weirder Boniver. Yeah, um, he's, he's singing and he's, and he's playing nice. His guitar, and he's, gets he's his sexy. violin out at one point. And Johnny, he, okay, well, I, you say sex. Okay, we'll we'll he, stop on that. Point. He, 
Okay. Oh, 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 so your tangents are fine, but my tangents are evil. Okay, well, no, Jamie. no, it's an actual... No, because I have an actual discussion about the movie, <laughs> sure. not about one time when I was flying out of City Airport. Um, <laughs> is Johnny Flynn sexy? Ellen tells me that women love this guy, and I don't get it. I really don't. I get the musician thing. You know, musicians are always sure. sexy. I get that. That's fine. Mm. But just... Hit, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not saying he's unattractive, but I really don't get him being some uh, unfathomably attractive man that he here's, is. Here's the thing, all right? Nine times out of ten, men... I think partly because, like, TV and stuff... Um, will like uh will tend to say oh the you know people who women are attractive are like have a list of generic features and they kind of like to some to some extent like will fit in the form of generic features i genuinely believe that women have uh, i i i think i think it goes that uh, a lot of men who are considered to be very handsome aren't actually they're not like they're not you know like bodybuilders they're not necessarily ripped they're not necessarily like that kind of um the kind of look you see a lot on like American TV, or or like like the the, the fit ones on Love Island or sure. stuff like that. They're exactly, like, so th- jaw those the... are the those are the stereotypical like attractive man kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Whereas movie stars and musicians, especially weirdly British ones, um, I think both get a lot more leeway. Especially this is saying male movie stars and uh, musicians have a lot of leeway to have a unique face. And I think Johnny Flynn yeah. looks unique. So there's something I'll agree about with that. him. I'll agree, he's, he looks unique. Yeah, he is both a so so. Uh, he looks simultaneously like a soft boy because he looks like he would want to talk about his feelings to you, um, <laughs> but he also looks like there's just enough of an air of danger about him that he would, uh, you know, do something not it, dodgy it, to you, but like get you to do something dodgy. You know, he's dangerous, but not dangerous because <sighs> he wants to talk about his feelings and have kind of feelings. I, I guess I get it. It just didn't. Infu- and, and you're right. It's especially with British actors. Yeah. Like the yeah, the the heartthrob British fact actors is a fucking yeah. funhouse mirrors of yeah. fucking weird. Let's, let's be honest here. Is Benedict Cumberbatch objectively no. attractive? No. No. The, the qualities that he Man, has that are, that are generic, like are considered generically attractive, are like. Um, he is a tall white man. So, like, hey, that's that is in that sense, he is generically attractive. Um, but in you know, in a truer sense, he looks really weird. His face is weird. It's kind of odd. Damien right, Lewis that, is not like the, the loads yeah. of them. Were, that that who, is enough of the jealousy of two less attractive white men. Uh, we will move on. With saying, the no, 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 Jamie. What I'm saying, all right, is we are both way more conventionally attractive <laughs> than Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Flynn. All right, it's important. They're just weirder, and women are weird too. Like that. What we're saying is, women have bad taste in men. We have the right taste. <laughs> in men. Sorry, Jamie. It's women, except for our partners, have bad taste. <laughs> no, no, no. I stand by what I said. <laughs> Anyway, um, okay. so yeah, Johnny Flynn, he's playing his song. Um, I I said there was only one scene I remembered. This is the other scene I remembered that I want to talk about because it's oh, fucking it's heinous. It's fucking heinous what happens next. Um, he's all signing autographs. I also want, remind me to get back to this film can't decide how famous and successful Johnny Flynn Johnny actually Flynn. is. They really can't. But um, he's taking photos. He's signing autographs. Um, then it's all done. So again, they can't decide how famous it is because if he's signing autographs and getting fawning fans afterwards, he probably wouldn't just be packing up all his own stuff. <laughs> but he is. He's packing up all his own stuff, no security. Anne Hathaway pops up and goes, uh, hey, I was at the gig. And he's like, cool. And she's like, my brother's in a coma. Um, here's a CD of his. I hope you like it. 
Um, there's obviously more to that scene, but that's that's the the gist of it. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. That sucks. He's like, yeah, he, he was a fan of yours. Now, I just want to say, I don't give a shit how upset you are. I don't give a shit what sort of personal grief you're going through. That's a completely unacceptable thing to do. You can't just go up to a celebrity and be like, here, it is my shit that's going on. Can you have it instead? Yeah, Can you yeah. take this? Here, I'm going to lay it all on you. Don't do Fam- that. That's shit. Famously, famously Jamie uh, just strongly uh, hates the Make-A-Wish Foundation. All right? <laughs> He's just like, you're just bringing these sickest problems to no, other people. No, right? no, because Every time Robert Downey Jr. shows up at a hospital, as Iron Man, you're like, fuck you, all right? Fuck no, you, sick kids. Those celebrities choose to be in that situation. They have the agency. <laughs> That's why it's okay. In this situation, Anne Hathaway walks up to a man just after he's had a successful kid and calls, my brother's in a coma. Fix it. That's not okay. That true, It'd be that like, like imagine, imagine if I was going through some level of personal trauma. I don't know. I'll try and keep it relatively light. My cat died. Uh, <laughs> relatively light. <laughs> okay, my cat so died. You know, relatively light. And you know, Every celebrity I like tweets out like, oh, I just had a gig in London. Like, my cat died. You were my cat's favourite actor. Here's, here's, a, here's a play that my cat wrote. Do you remember Staunton, my cat saw you and who's afraid of fishing your wolf? Did you know her? That's the weirdest thing is that like, she, like she her, asked her brother him, wrote you know him a letter. And yeah. he's, she's like, did you ever get the letter? And he's like, I don't know. It comes to the agency and then it takes a while to get to me. And yeah. you know what? It is such a weird expectation that you'd expect. Like, even, oh, even yeah. if they got the letter. And that's, put, like, and that's putting him in such an uncomfortable yeah. position to be like, shit, I wish I could help this person who's clearly fucking going through a lot of shit, but I don't remember her brother's letter because I received loads of them and I've got an agency, but also I haven't released an album for five years. I don't know. I'm no, going to get onto his... I'm going to get onto his... All right. I'm going to get onto his... his last album, all right? He's still repped. Okay. okay that's, he's um, just been touring. But Jamie, here's, here's the bigger issue, all yeah. right? He's apparently on a tour, but yeah. he does eight gigs in New York in one week. All yeah. right? That's kind of weird when you think about it. You don't do eight gigs in one week because you well, just sell a bigger arena. You just, you well, yeah. You, well, yeah. You'd either sell a bigger eight. arena or, or you are just fucking shit hot. Like, you're just shit hot and you're the no, biggest fucking Jamie, thing in the world. But he hasn't no, released an album what, for five years. Yeah, but that's fine. But, Jamie, what? who the fuck would, like, let this... If it's like, okay, we can sell, we reckon in a week in New York, we can sell eight gigs with a hundred people in those gigs. Oh yeah, these gigs are small. Maybe hundred, yeah, they're they're like, they're decently sized. Why don't you just sell one night one at a 1,000 arena? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to oh, buy no, the look, look, we never meet the tour manager for this guy, but he does need to fire his tour manager. Um, yeah. And otherwise, anyway, back at the hospital the next day. She goes day. back to the hospital. She's yeah. like, hi, my brother talking to you and they're just talking a lot this is a conceit for people to talk out loud sometimes when you write a script you're like why are people talking out loud and the answer is so my brother in a coma might wake up Johnny Flynn shows up and as Alyssa pointed out that's kind of suspicious you can't just walk up to someone's hospital room nope. or did he go and say hey this guy's in a coma can go see him and the nurse was like sure he's not related to her at all no 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 Alexander of course he just went I'm I'm his favourite musician. <laughs> just, right. You know, so let me in. And they'd I released be like, okay. uh, Forever, Forever Ago, Forever Ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right? Like, I, guys, do you, remember, yeah, do you remember that album that I released five years ago? Um, anyway, he rocks up. Weird thing to do. No reason for him to do it. But, you know, of course, they're now going to start flirting. Bang out yeah. the way. That's yeah. why. And it, that's not, not, weird. Not, not to be crude. I just, I, I think that is he just does. the motivation of the character. Yeah, but, but it's weird. Um, anyway, uh, so this well, sorry, there. sorry, sorry, Jamie. Are you telling me that uh, in a world where Ellen is dead and your brother is in a coma, not dead, 
Ellen doesn't exist, and your brother is in a coma. Daniel's a bit strong, I apologize. Um, but you know, your, your partner is no longer in existence, and your brother's in a coma. You wouldn't just be like, you know what? Over my brother's comatose body, let's start flirting. All right. Ooh. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> Hiya, I, Ariana Grande. I, 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 I can't married, imagine. Wanna... I can't imagine. And 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 let's let's Uno Reverso that. I also don't think if I come across someone who's clearly going through essentially grief uh, for their brother i'm gonna be like this is my time to slide in so they then proceed to he shows up a few times this is where the plot this is where the plot like starts becoming like a bit more like she's at some point she's like hey i've got a ticket to another gig um tomorrow do you want to come with me to this gig and like maybe do some stuff beforehand. That's again a weird thing to yeah. think when I, maybe I think you should that's, hang out with your mother. Like maybe yeah, you I think hang yes. out with your mom. I think that's them on their first date. And this is this is their yeah. first date. Yeah, when when she asked to do that. But this is their first date where again, the writing of this movie is fucking awful. They don't talk like normal human beings because they're on their first date and within like three sentences he's talking about like how he feels all of the pressure and, and talking about all his fears about his career and how he hasn't released an album for five years and it was so easy when he released his first one he's been struggling to write the second one and she's talking all about how she's had this family conflict and she hasn't seen her brother for two years and he's in a coma I'm yeah. like I'm sorry maybe just talk about the fucking weather for a little bit it's your first yeah. date you fucking weirdos yeah. um, but at the end of that yeah she's like I'm gonna go to I'm, I'm trying to fill basically she's trying to find all the sounds um that's going to potentially be recognizable to her brother and then like fill his room with sounds and scents and smells and and all sort of things now, to, now, to try and bring him back to life jamie i'm not sure if you've ever seen the film begin again and if not i'd actually recommend it to you i think i know i know almost for a fact that ellen would like it i think that you would like it too um, yep. not as good as uh, the director's uh, other films once which i haven't seen but people loved and of course sing street which was one of my it was the best coming of age one full stop but beginning again mm. is really nice and the concept is mark ruffalo is uh, an alcoholic music producer who's kind of uh, not a music producer uh, like r&d uh, guy from music label downless luck and kira knightley is a uh, like singer songwriter and they yep. go around new york and they make these songs they record it on location with this kind of like soundscape of new york and it's kind of called spoilers um that's the concept <laughs> It is yeah. almost ex- the exact same concept as this bit of this movie, where they just go around recording all the sounds on location. Yeah. And the other film does it so much better that I feel bad for this one by comparison, because it's just like, oh, this is too close to this other movie, which I much prefer. Yeah. Um, they go around, um, they're, so, yeah, they, they, they're cool. yeah, they're at the gigs, you know, it's some more indie folk musicians. and so it seems important. Uh, I don't know. Not Portuguese, Click. but closer. It seems to be closer, because uh, it's actually like... Uh, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. The... Yes, the uh, no, he's, he he's singing in Portuguese. No, he's singing. He he, yeah, and yeah, he's he's singing in Portuguese, and then there's also clicks in it. That's an extremely weird moment. In in general, he cries, that, and I'm like, but why are you crying? Uh, yes. This is funny. It's like, not funny, but like, I don't, I don't know if you're speaking Coisa. I don't know if you're speaking Portuguese. It'd be less funny if it's Coisa because that makes sense. But you said Portuguese, and I don't think Portuguese has like clicks. In no, it as a it, language. it's so just it's just he's singing in Portuguese, and then there are also clicks in this song, as far as I can tell. Um, and just in general, like, it's just very clear that this writer, for some reason, and I'm not saying indie folk is bad music, but it's fine. Most indie folk is pretty fine. There's some pretty good stuff and there's a lot of pretty fine stuff. And and there are just prolonged shots of musicians just playing indie folk music in this. Fine. And it's... It's it's clearly the writer and director just really wants you to love this genre of music as much as as uh, they do. Here's the issue. This is an issue which Glee had in later seasons when they tried to do original music. It's an issue which a lot of films have, but specifically when they try and deal with music, just to say 
people who can make movies and people who can write songs are often not overlined. So to hire someone to write incredibly good songs which cost you a shit ton of money because if they could do that they would just you know do write those songs for, release. For, for a musician yeah. like sure if you could hire Simon Garfunkel to write a bunch of folk songs for your like movie then yeah like of course you would just do that but it would cost a lot for your indie movie so instead you write the songs and they're inevitably worse um, and they are therefore listening to them is not always a great experience like this is a problem which I have with a lot of musicals where someone has to sing the best song in the world right so it happens in Hadestown for instance where the end is like I gotta sing a song that will save the world and the, the end song is not the best song of the musical um, or m- worse uh, I find in Rent where he's like I just gotta write one great song one great song that's gonna bring someone back from the dead and then it brings his <laughs> girlfriend back from the dead I still don't like that I don't like that about Rent alright I don't like don't like that about Rent but Never set, never set yourself as a filmmaker. Don't set yourself up. We have to write an original song that is so good. Everyone is like, "Wow, this guy's a great musician." That is a bad idea because yeah. it's just going to go poorly. Um, just, so just, yeah, she. But but Anne Hathaway, Franny, Franny, she's loving all this indie folk, and she's she's you know really getting on with Johnny Flynn. Jamie, uh, you know, there's a couple. Does. She's basic in like 2014. Yeah, right? and you know, she, you know, he there's cute scenes of him. She's like, he's like, oh, I don't know what to write about, and he's like, oh, write about toes or something i can't remember nose and he he makes up a little song on the river and he's playing his guitar and he's so oh again not good not good um he's also talking about how he can't write music anymore i I think he's basically talking about how like when he was in love he could write music but like at the moment he can't yeah um Um, we get a few more scenes which i can't i don't it's just them flirting i want to get to the 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 hospital room with uh yes all three of them in the hospital room jamie jamie uh there is one person in the world who it's socially acceptable to celebrate a half birthday for. Do you know who that is? The Queen. The Queen. That is correct. She has an official birthday. <laughs> she has an actual birthday. All right. So the Queen, the Queen gets to celebrate a half birthday because you know what? It would be kind of shit to, on your actual birthday, have to do a lot of like ceremonies of state. And I yeah. think that is fair enough. I don't, I don't like the Queen. I don't like what she stands for. I don't like a lot of that. But I think it's fair enough that she gets to have a half birthday you know yeah. who doesn't get to have a half birthday jamie a boy in a coma <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's the half but like this is the weird thing why not just write it as his birthday <laughs> like you're writing this movie why not because just write tweet, that it's his because birthday because it's a indie film fair enough uh, so yeah they're celebrating his half birthday they've got prosecco johnny flynn turns up and decides to stick around for some reason <laughs> uh, to hang out with this fucking coma kid's half birthday um uh, they're learning another language. I think they're learning Portuguese. Russian. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's Russian. Russian. It's Russian. You are correct. I can't remember why they're learning Russian, but they've got a I think tape the mom, playing. I think the mum may speak Russian. I think the, um, uh, maybe she is. She's not Russian, but like I thought, yeah. I think she might be able to speak it. And then, like, the, but I'm mad that Hathaway can't. They're listening to a tape, and I don't remember the specifics of it. But basically, the the the. Anne Hathaway remembers a word in Russian and says it. And then the mum goes like, oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. And then Anne Hathaway goes, go on, say it. And she just out of nowhere goes, that's a lot for someone who didn't remember to write their brother for two years. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Clearly the writer was just like, fuck, I need some tension. Where's it going to come from? Oh, because it's going to be Anne Hathaway remembering a Russian word on his half birthday. That's what's going to yeah. piss off this mum. And, and Johnny Flynn's just in the room, in the corner. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Um, and he yeah, makes they... a joke which breaks the tension, but it does not yeah. break the tension. It's weird. 
No. Um, um, so they yeah. then have a weird sequence where Johnny Flynn comes over to the mum's house. They all have a dinner. They get drunk together. The mum keeps talking about how many people she banged in Paris in the 70s, which is awkward. Don't do that. That's weird. Yeah. All right. Not cool. Um, she then goes to... Uh, um, they can then do that. The kid, uh, God, Anne Hathaway. They, they, there's a song, sings a song, another song. It's not very yeah, good. Yeah, they've they've also, I believe, by oh, this point, no. had sex. This is this is a hilarious bit, which I, I can never, I can't figure out if uh, this is a joke or not. But um, Mary Steenburgen's like, oh yeah, no, I dated a really famous uh, musician in the seventies in Paris, and they're like, oh cool, who? And she's like, I'm not going to say, but he taught me the hardest song in the world on guitar, Blackbird by the Beatles, and you know what? That's one of the songs they like first teach you when you're playing guitar. I know that because I did that. You learn that the first six months of playing a guitar. It's it's not that difficult to learn to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you, yeah, they're, 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 they're sleep. They're, they're now they've now slept together. He's I think starting to get some of his writing bug back, um, and eventually they are in the hospital, mm-hmm. um, and we're we're vaguely near the end now, uh, and. Uh, Henry opens his eyes. You know, they've, they've been playing all this music and Henry opens his eyes and Hannah Hathaway goes, oh my God, fuck. Uh, and, you know, grabs him and goes and gets doctors. Um, and uh, they uh, they all establish that, I can't remember, is he awake? Is he fully awake? Or are they just like, he's got some brain function now? I think he, I think they basically establish that he has some degree of brain function, but not, not necessarily. Like, yeah. he's, he's still comatose, but, he, but he's responding more to stuff now. Yeah. Um... Oh god! What happens next? Al, help me. Basically, we. This is basically just split off into two scenes. Um. So one that can happen. She goes to talk to the doctor. I think next Johnny Flynn goes to she. There was some weird stuff like she buys a, a weird keyboard for him. Um. That might be early in the film, but but whatever. She's kind of playing the soundscape and stuff, all that kind of crap of New York. And Johnny is off at a. Johnny. Uh, she doesn't know this, but Johnny's off at a gig. And he then wakes up. She's like, "Hey," and he's like, "I'm sorry." He's. I think the first thing he says is, "I'm sorry," yeah. And which, which, which is sad. I don't know. And um, she's then like, "I gotta go find Johnny Flynn." And she goes to run off to find Johnny Flynn, but Johnny Flynn's at a gig because again, yeah, I, this I, man yeah, is I doing think, ten gigs. Oh no, he goes yeah, to a I wedding. Think, sorry, he, he does a yeah, wedding. No, gig. no, the, the wedding's before that. The, the wedding's sure. already happened. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry, that, I, just, that, I think. I think specifically, he's at the hospital when he's vaguely waking up. I think we've told this slightly time. out of order. Um, no, no, I first, think, time, I first think, time around, Johnny Flynn's there. Second time around, he's not there. He's at the gig. But but she when she leaves, she goes, Does has anyone seen him? So I think yeah. he's I think that those happen quite soon after each other, and Johnny Flynn has just fucking bolted. Um uh, because he had to go to the to the gig. Um so she goes home, she cries with her mum, she watches some videos of him on YouTube, and she's like, Okay, my brother's back to life. Fuck that guy, I'm off to this guy's gig. Um, she rocks up. He's in a bigger venue this time, to be fair. He's in a bigger venue. Um, don't know why he was playing the smaller venue now, but he's in like a music hall now. Uh, and she walks in and she's like, hey, can I get a ticket? Uh, and he's like, no. Sold out. <laughs> Sold out. You've, come on, you've established this. This man is the most famous, not famous man that hasn't released music in five years, but also is still selling out gigs and making lots Jamie, of money. Jamie, you know who else hasn't released music in five years? Rihanna and Adele, all right? Yes. And we both yeah, but, know if they yeah. did a gig that they would sell out. Like, that's not... Yeah, it's not... but that's because they released loads of albums. He's released one album. A fucking indie folk album. 
Jamie, I'm not sure you've seen the film Yesterday, but uh, if the guy in Yesterday did a gig, all right, it would sell out. Uh, anyway, so she's she's in the hallway uh, to a music hall, uh, which again, you have not had to pay a ticket to, to get into this. And you know what they always do in areas where you have not paid to get in? They just broadcast for you what's happening inside so you don't need to get in. So she just looks up to the TV that we all have outside of music venues, showing everyone outside what's going on inside. Uh, and he's like, uh, hey guys, uh, I haven't been able to write many songs recently, but um, while I was in New York, I, I started this one. Oh yeah, he's in Philadelphia, by the way. She's travelled all the way to the Philadelphia. Oh, uh, again, I again, didn't realize she'd gone to Philly. Like, yeah, no, I, she's, I, got, she's, I gone, she she's gone. She's gone. No, she's gone all the way to you, Philadelphia. You could tell because leave, of uh, all the like Eagles and Sixers fans yes, outside yeah, just puking in the yeah. street. Yeah. Right? Um, again, leaving her her brother who's just woken up from a coma in New York. She's like, fuck this, I'm going to Philadelphia. Anyway, he's like, uh, while I was in New York, I, I started on the, you know. Just been starting to. It's not quite finished yet, but uh, is this very obviously unfinished song that is very good? Yeah, here's these uh, bad. So like that is the song they leave it on is is one which is basically like twinkle, twinkle, little coma boy, why won't you wake up? We love I, you. I straight up good. did not follow any of the fucking lyrics in this song. It's supposed to be the ending fucking song. Anyway, he stood out. She stood outside. She's watching it on the fucking um, monitor, and she's having a fucking cry because for whatever reason uh, and then she gets on the train home and that's the end of the fucking movie I, I no, no 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 Jamie she leaves a note for him on his windshield because again uh, yes, he doesn't want to talk about anything he's just in a car um, and the note's like thanks love you lots bye yeah um, uh, which is kind of odd uh, she, he then because she cries and I'm kind of like why is she like I, 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 I couldn't tell if it's she's crying because he just used this experience and turned it into content which I don't think is the answer I think it's no she, she's, she's crying because she thinks the, the song is so beautiful but it's not uh, and that's the end of the film. She goes back on a bus. That is the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, a nice br- that. You know what? Big compliment to the movie. Nice breezy, eighty-six fucking minutes. Let's go. More didn't, movies didn't like feel that. Feel it, Jamie. It felt longer. <laughs> um, right. Let's let's talk about this one. But before we talk about, it, of course, uh, we of course naturally uh, do one important thing, which is we take the song title and we play anecdotes from the title, the film title, and we play anagrams. The game in which so, we. No, come on, come on. You got to hit that. An. Because it's Apologies. Anne Hathaway. Come yeah, on, of course. Um, so we um, need to t- we need to take an a- make an anagram of this movie uh, and as best as possible describe the plot. Sure, um, I actually have a good one. I think I have a good one as well. I'm hoping I'm going to go first. Can I go first? Because last time you stole it from Alan. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried it's going to be the same one. So go. Sure. Yeah, go. You know, look, like I said, Jamie mentioned this film is 86 minutes, but for me, this film goes on. Ah, that is good. That is good. Uh, <laughs> it's not the same as mine. Uh, mine is obviously going to be. Um, Written from the uh, perspective of Mary Steenburgen um, uh, and her character, the, the, the mother in this film, uh, and her main concern, which is no son. So, yeah, uh, when we talk about these films, the long time listeners of the show know we will rate them in uh, four different categories. Uh, that is the film itself out of five. Uh, Anne Hathaway's performance out of five the America's Sweetheartometer how much America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film we will then of course rate Anne's Mans uh, which is a chronological uh, chronological wrong, uh, uh, a numerical ranking uh, of all of Anne Hathaway's Objective, different love interests factual, uh, factual of course a factual ranking uh, objective even though they're completely different um, and then of course we will decide whether we're going to stash away this film uh, and that is a film that is going to galvanise humanity to fight back against the aliens uh, if you don't want to know what's going on with that uh, and you don't please listen to last week's episode because we don't have time so Alexander this film sucks what did you think 
I just, I don't think it sucks. I just think it's, I, I think it's, we, we return to the, the, the classic issue, right? It is difficult. Everything about making a movie is difficult. It's difficult to write a bloody script. It's difficult to direct a script. So like, you know, it's your first time efforts. And I want to applaud you for having done that. That is an achievement in and of itself. This did not land for me in most ways. Um, I think the script needs another pass. Like, I, I yeah. think that's my real I, issue. It's like, I, the conceit's I, okay, but but the actual execution is not. It's too... I, this, it just feels like it needs another couple of drafts before. I, I, I don't like to be mean, um, but I just don't think the person that writes this is a good writer. And not everyone is, and that's fine. Like, this is their first attempt... So maybe they would get better with time. I, I This person does not strike me as a good writer. There's a lot of clunky exposition in this film. Um, you know, in an 86-minute runtime, probably like 15 minutes of that is just bad indie folk songs. So, you know, you're left with just like 65 minutes of dialogue, most of which doesn't sound like how humans would speak. Sure. Um, I would say the the the... The relationship between the mum and the daughter, if at times a little bit expositiony, is all right. Like, like there's there's a believable backstory there that is explored with believable tensions. Um, I I I don't understand why Johnny Flynn's character, uh, other than just Anne Hathaway is an attractive person, I don't understand any reason why Johnny Flynn's character would be endeared to this person. Because uh, I I I think it's so. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to, as always, try and take the film at its best. I think it's meant to be that he appreciates that... So he has all these fans who seemingly... Who are almost exclusively portrayed as, like, young women who, like, come up to him and are like, ooh. And, like, he doesn't like that. I, I think he feels um, objectified in this... Not necessarily in the sexual sense, but just in the sense that he feels like he is... Uh, like this abstract thing to some people like he's a like he's an indie folk star um, and people are more attracted to that about him than they are necessarily like listening to the lyrical content of his music and in, well they I, shouldn't fucking listen to the sure, lyrical content of his music sure Sucks. i think he likes that the kid so henry in the coma i think he feels like oh he's a fellow songwriter and when i and I, I think he so wait 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 so what you're saying what you're saying is he's actually using Anne Hathaway to get to the coma kid. Now that is some that is some big brain strategies right there. I, yeah, I think I think I think it's that when he like plays music for Anne Hathaway and for the guy in the coma that he feels listened to, and a, uh, in a way that he prefers <laughs> than at a gig where he feels he's just like like a hot woman throwing himself at him. I, like I know I know what you're saying but uh, I think personally, generous, generous. personally I think it says a lot about uh, fictional James Forrester's movie that the most receptive audience he has is a bloke in a coma <laughs> I, I will um, say I think yeah. generally the performances are good like I don't think there's any bad performance uh, um, I, I don't hugely like Johnny Flynn in this uh, I, but I, I'm willing to put that down mostly to writing. I sure. think he's getting what the director wants out of him, um, and I'm sure he's better in other things. Uh, yeah. But but I, I I I did not like his character very much. Fair enough. Um, so I will give this a two. I, I it a it's two? not offensive. It's just I wouldn't recommend it. There are things. There are small bits of it that I liked. I I actually liked the the um, people just playing music stuff. Um, I didn't think it was necessarily like 
you know, so what you're saying is you do believe in the restorative powers of indie folk music. Sure. What's interesting is uh, this makes me like, looking back, this made me like Rachel getting married more. This reminded me most of Rachel getting married. It's like small. It feels very intimate. It's like very tightly tied around a couple of day kind of thing. But this made me go like, oh, that's why Rachel getting married is a very good movie. And that this that's where this falls down a bit. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, I would say that that this would I, this would that th- this makes Rachel going married look look much better. Um, so of course, every, sorry, I, I'm sorry, dear no, audience. No, no, no. I just I no, I just literally exhaled straight into the microphone, which I'm sure was a horrible experience for everyone. Duff, duff, but yeah. I was just so taken aback with how I'm. Of so course. obviously, everyone knows you you rate whole numbers. I rate intense. So uh, what I'm looking at is Rio. But to, to, I, I gave Rio a two and I'm trying to decide is it going to go slightly above or slightly below that do I think this was slightly better or slightly worse than Rio I'm going to give it slightly better than Rio and just because of its 88 minute run time so I'm going to yeah. give it a 2.1 um, yeah. you know you, you didn't overstay your welcome um, good call so and, we Hath- to- and Hathaway's performance I think she's perfectly fine in this. Um, she's, I, fine. she's good. Anne Hathaway is a good actress. We know that from yeah. every other Anne Hathaway film we've seen, other than Bright Wars, in which uh, made me temporarily question Anne Hathaway's acting ability. Um, no, I I think this is a case that someone with clout was trying to... One, I think she... I, I think basically the way this went is like uh, the kind of Reese Witherspoon thing, right? Which is to say, there often aren't good roles for women. So if yeah. you are a successful actress, at some point, if you, you will notice this across pretty much all of them, they all start producing because they want to start making better stuff for themselves. So actually, a lot of the most recently, the most successful actresses have been ones whose production companies have been pretty good. So like Margot Robbie, for instance, is a pretty good producer. Like, you know, I, I would say has been producing pretty good stuff in the last couple of years and has made some good roles for herself. Reese Witherspoon is another example. Actually, most of her success has been in television, more so than... Uh, Recently, it has been a producing success in television, more so than TV, but Wild, for instance, was produced by her really good role. I think this was an attempt to produce a good role, but the issue is I don't think they necessarily got the right talent behind the screen, and nor do I think it's necessarily the best script. But I think she is really... I think she is good in this. I think I like the performance. It's, it, she performs better than Johnny Flynn. I, I, it's, it, yeah. it, they're kind of mismatched a little bit. Like, they aren't... She's a little bit too he's a little bit too naturalistic and she's a little bit too theatre kid um, and, and not I don't know maybe with a Jonathan maybe if Jonathan Den had directed this they would have matched a bit better but yeah. um, I I think it's a three for Anne Hathaway uh, a reminder that she is good and better often than her material yeah I'd, I'd, I'd agree I'd give it a flat three as well um, uh, I don't need to anymore I think I think you, you know that yeah she's, she's better than the material she's proved she's a good actress but the material holds her back um, and then America's Sweetheart Tometer. How much of America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film? Um, now we do know. Yeah. This America is, this loves America loves British men. That's true. Uh, it, it does. It, it it has a fawning Amer- for British, British men. British men in America, very specifically. British men Can't be in British America. men in the UK. That's being a traitor. But British men in America. Yeah. Well, and, we'll learn from and you know, British well. British men who can play a guitar and have foppy mm-hmm. hair. Yeah. And give give you a little smile. Yeah. I think she's where many. American women would want to be, and therefore I'm going to give her a strong 4.3. That's interesting because I think this does partly poorly because I think this is around by the time that unfortunately Anne Hathaway has burnt out. America has burnt out on Anne Hathaway. Oh yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, <laughs> I agree. And I, I, I think guess I yeah. It was a poor choice. Though this sounds harsh. I think basically like it is unfortunate that following up on uh, Les Mis 
her next song was also a song about Anne Hathaway singing. Uh, not yeah. Anne Hathaway singing, but, it, but it's another song which in which the kind of key conceit is, hey, people singing songs. Yeah. Um, and I think that was unfortunately a bit burnout. I think she's good in it, so I agree. I think the character, quite high in this, I think Anne Hathaway in reality was a little overexposed at the time, so I think, and unfortunately by this point, I think she's pretty a two. I, you know, I, it, two. It, just didn't, it, it just didn't do, the fact that it did not do well enough, that's fair. Americans do like success. They do like they money. They do like money, all right? They don't like, you know, <laughs> people having tax write-off movies. Um, and unfortunately, that's what this feels a little bit like. Which, um, and then, yeah, change. So we've got Anne's Mans now. So this is a yeah. difficult one, because I personally don't find Johnny Flynn sexy. And we know that our our lists mm-hmm. are very much separated between... We're, we're very shallow. We've got, you know, a tier of sexy men up the mm-hmm. top. And then they can duke it out about their own personal issues um, uh, then. And then the tier of non-sexy men. Now, having said that, Johnny Flynn does play the guitar. And I will accept playing the guitar pretty fucking sexy. I also think... He's a bit of a weirdo. He wants to hit on a woman who's grieving her comatose brother. So, I think the best place for him is directly in between my two tiers. He's going to be at the very bottom of the sexy tier or at the very top of the not sexy tier, which means he's going to slide in between the best man from Rachel Getting Married and just below The Rock from Get Smart, who again was a villain in that movie and murdered people, (laughs) Um, uh, and just above uh, Michael from Princess Diaries 1. Interesting. Interesting. So for myself, this is just going to go a little bit differently. More recently, uh, I have just been uh, cranking out people on the top. Right? You've had a lot of sexy people recently, including yeah. uh, Batman, uh, who is in a number four. <laughs> of course, Channing Tatum, uh, John in <laughs> and Bart Simpson, who came in at number two recently. Um, however, Johnny Flynn is nowhere in that top tier category. All right? he's, so not, Johnny, he's, he's not. He's not. Unfortunately, I, Johnny... I, not the film for I, you. I, 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 think the, I think if this Denver, uh, maybe, podcast was this hosted by, by two women... It would probably be a better podcast, sure. but also uh, or, or, these, or this Jamie, list would probably general, have Johnny Flynn slightly higher. If it was just hosted by uh, this, this is where this kind of really falls down. This list is this is a uh, list of us ranking the basically the himbo and attractiveness of men by two yeah. people who aren't really attracted to men. Um, no, so it's um, just trying to go so, from yeah. So I, I fully agree that I think if this was hosted by two women, uh, Johnny Flynn it would be much up. higher. Well, um, I, I don't think much. I, actually, you know what? I can. And, and I also think I, th- I think Bart Simpson would probably be a lot <laughs> lower. Oh. How sexy do you think Johnny Flynn was in the movie we watched yesterday? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Not oh at shit. All. And Gus didn't think so either. Neither Gus nor I said. Oh shit. Maybe. Maybe my girlfriend is just being exposed as the basic bitch she is. <laughs> no, no, I think I, I think it's the exact opposite. I think it is that uh, to be Johnny fair, Flynn my, is will, not attractive to North American sentiments, and I. Think I will it's... also say that my girlfriend did not watch this movie. She maybe is just attracted to him in Emma, which you know, he's my girlfriend's a thirsty also, bitch for some period he's also, he's also, if you haven't seen Lovesick, you would like Lovesick. He's he's attractive in Lovesick too, so I, I, I think credit for that. So the question basically then comes like, where does he fit in the tiers? And the real thing is, like, Johnny Flitton is not one of the shit partners. Like, he's not, like, in the lower half, like, Krusty the Clown or Ghost Wilson or Maxwell Smart. You know, I just think of bad, like, people you don't want to yeah. be with. Johnny, so he, he's higher up than that. But really, we're talking in kind of between, like, 13 to 20. Okay. Kind of thing. So, you know, like, uh, where does he come in relation to Mr. Darcy, the Baron, the Mentalist, Jack Nasty, Prince Andrew, McSwillison, Prince William, and, and Hathaway's Whoa, Beach crush whoa Jack, Jack Nasty is that low for you? Yeah, once again, 
once again, Jamie, having a partner who like who is cheating on you constantly is not a. I, I, look, Jamie, if oh, this was so if this sexy. was a, if, Jamie, if this was if this was a film about um, the, uh, the, the uh, for sorry, people who don't know, sorry, for people who haven't listened, Jack yeah. Nasty is is Jake Gyllenhaal in Brokeback Mountain. We do need to establish was, that. A Heath Ledger romance interest list. He'd be at the top. He'd be number one with a bullet. Maybe, maybe Batman would be. I don't know. But in this, for Anne Hathaway, they have, I think, maybe one good sex and one good sex, and one then that's sex. it. They have sex once and it's good, uh, and then after that, it seems to like they don't have a happy life um, together. Let's, so let's come back around, whatever, finish whatever. off because I want to actually sure. make another point about Brokeback Mountain sure. that's completely separate. So yeah, finish sure. that off. Basically, where Johnny Flynn is coming is at the bottom of that. So he's he's coming below Jack Nasty. Because okay. I think again, I, I think Jay Gyllenhaal is just um, at least has is more of a presence, and uh, you know, not as indie singer songwriter. So he's coming at number sixteen currently, sixteen. So there's a below Jack Nasty, but above Prince Andrew, which is story Um I, I'll go on the tangent now before we uh, wrap up and decide whether he's going our stash away. I read a very interesting theory about Brokeback Mountain the other day. You know that scene, uh, that scene that I talk about with Anne Hathaway delivering the news of. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's death to yeah. Heath Ledger. Sorry, spoilers for that film. You should have listened to all of these episodes. It's your fault. Um, uh, and I-, I talked about how powerful it was where it was uh, unknown whether she knew um, that what she was telling was the truth or not. Mm. Um, and I read a very interesting theory that it's not just that, it's that maybe not only did she know the reality of how Jake Gyllenhaal died, but she was in fact part of it. That not necessarily she carried out the act, but she was the person who maybe found out that he was gay and did not like it, and and you know got mm-hmm. got some people to do it, or at least was knowledgeable and and comfortable sure. with that death. And I found that a very interesting reading of it. I think that's an interesting reading. I honestly think I think my reading at the t- like, not even say at the time. I think with, with some time has made me think that like potentially it was just her father killed him. Um, yeah. So, and, and I'm not sure to what extent she's comfortable with that. She definitely does seem to be. It's an interesting, maybe even not that. There's an interesting mix of rage and um, sadness in her delivery of it. That it's it's yeah. it's it's great because it's ambiguous. Um, anyway, <coughs> yeah. so uh, with that said, Jamie, we come to our final thing. Uh, yes. Is this going in your? No. Um, oh my God! Can you please get it right once? Are you going to stash? Say? Are you going to stash away this Hathaway? Uh, am I, I going to stash away this film? No, I fucking am not. Uh, no, oh, no, nor am I. Um, I don't think it's shit. I just, I think no, no, people... no. I didn't. I just went, oh shit, because I forgot that I remembered. Uh, I remembered what we need to do when we don't yeah, stash yeah, yeah. away something. Uh, so what I will do instead is I will say, uh, last week Jamie called me out. All right, he was like, some people don't like Bo Burnham. All right, so if, if, uh, he he kind of went, look, I, I fine, I get it. Some people don't like Bo Burnham, but they should still watch this uh, special. Yeah, and uh, Jamie I did. Was I, I, I'll be full, no. I'll be fully honest. I did not know I was calling you out on that. Oh right. right. I, I straight up did not. I forgot that you We've, didn't like. Here's my thing. Much. I think we've watched. God, I think there's been about two times where like I went over to your house and then it was like, oh, you were at my house, and then at like eleven o'clock or something, um, we've been like, when we've had like a couple drinks, like I say a couple drinks, we have <laughs> we've been drinking, and then someone's been like, let's stick on Bo Burnham, and then I've kind of fallen asleep. Um, and I was I just got to wake back up and I'm like I'm awake I'm awake I'm awake I do, awake, I do remember these <laughs> I do that happens like every now and then not every now and then but I think like twice it's happened yeah. like, we've gone out we're like yeah lads 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 get back to my house at 11 o'clock because it's a Friday and I'm just like sleeping on the couch yeah. but um, 
you know, I don't, I, I, I love comedians uh, largely on podcasts or on things where there is more back and forth. I struggle, yeah. uh, especially, especially when watching recorded, less so when watching it in person, with uh, watching recorded stand up. For me, it kind of, it, it, whatever, it doesn't click. Um, inside is, is, let's be honest, uh, less a stand, it's not really a stand up special. No, it is much more really. of a piece of performance art. Yeah. And as a piece of performance art, it's very, very good. I like it. Good. I'm um, very glad. Go into go into it with a an expectation that what you're watching is some funny performance art that uh, will make you probably feel very seen um, and also <laughs> like it simultaneously is motor like as someone who's been working oh uh, not over summer who's been working late hours recently it, it, I don't know it's very good. Um, uh, Alexander, what does that have to do with? Are, are you are you sta- are, in, so oh, when well, we go stash away something? Sta- so so you're doing the same thing Hathaway, I did last I, week. <laughs> instead of stashing away Hathaway, I am uh, one week later stashing away uh, inside by the, sa- the same thing I stashed away last week. Great, and I was so engrossed in your conversation <laughs> inside. I was trying to keep talking. I, I did no, I didn't think because I like inside and I want to talk about. It. Um, Okay. Uh, goodness gracious. I'm probably I've bought four board games this week, so Ooh. I'm in a board game kick. Uh, I'm gonna go for one. Uh, what would I recommend as a nice, easy transition for people who maybe you know maybe you've played a little bit. Maybe you played only Monopoly as a kid and you didn't even realize oh. that there's been a board yeah. game renaissance and Monopoly fucking sucks. Or maybe you've just played like Catan or Cards Against Humanity Catan. with your mates. Uh, Catan does suck. Catan, Catan can suck. Catan can suck, and then Catan can the also with, not the suck. The issue with Catan is like Catan can just go on too long. Like it can absolutely. Need, and like it's, I, I you give your recommendation, and then I will give a recommendation I, I for start. what you should play instead of Catan if you want to get into okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Oh fuck. What 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 would I say is I'm I'm gonna go with Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders is oh, a yeah. nice simple game to uh, understand. There's a lot going on, so it's a lot deeper than, say, your Catan. There's a lot more um, strategy yeah. to it, which uh, is a good gateway for people who are looking to find more mm-hmm. complex games. But it's a game that you can understand the flow of quite quickly. And if you play it with uh, not too many people, it goes quite quickly yeah. as well. And you're always doing something. Yeah. So Seven Wonders is my thing. I think you can thing. also play that... Seven Wonders with just two people. Um, I think you can. I'm, yeah, uh, there's a Seven Wonders Duel version. I think well. even with... Because I, I haven't played... I played Seven Wonders Duel. Very good. I think even with Seven Wonders regularly, there are just slightly different rules for you can play it with too technically so it's it's yeah. a even if you're locked inside and don't have many people um you can always keep yeah. it go yeah even uh, even for you shitty loser loners uh, yeah. <laughs> you can play seven wonders too um i was going to recommend actually uh this is one for you jamie write it down but um if you uh want to get into board games but like you are um overly uh you're like ah, mechanics like you don't want to play a legacy game for obvious reasons but you're like i want to play something better than monopoly um, the game Isle of Sky is Oh, great. yes, I have that as well. Oh, Isle yeah, of Sky that, yeah, is yeah. very good fun. Isle of Sky is really good. It is a little bit like a town. Like, there are resources in it. Uh, it takes about one... You have to play one round, basically, to get the rules. And then on the second time you play it, you'll love it. But it uh, has the best comeback mechanic for pretty much any game. So, like, pretty much up until you, like, do the final, like, point scoring, anyone could win. And then yeah, all the yeah, way absolutely. through, there are enough, like, mechanics for... 
it's it's every round matters. No one's just going to end up miles ahead, uh, and that's good fun. As Jamie has uh, says every time he does a uh, pub quiz, uh, it's really important to have comeback mechanics in the game to keep it fun, <laughs> and that's true. It is it is important to have comeback mechanics. Otherwise, yeah, it's absolutely, and that yeah, big issue with Catan. People can just get fucking. That's that's why Ellen yeah, they, hates it so much. Is you can just get locked out from like turn three, and then yeah. you're just watching someone else get sheep for an hour. That's, uh, I think that's the issue. Like the problem with Catan is like some people are just so fucking good at it that if you play with them. It's just not fun like yeah that that's that's the ben, issue it's I'm, ben white on uh, yeah. community like for his, that, for his uh, that's what i'm finding as as the person who is the biggest hobbyist board gamer of, of my group of friends whenever i'm introducing a game i i am learning to have to actively not to i'm you know i'm not saying that i win every single game and if i, I and i would win sure. every single game but in games which do there are absolute advantages to knowing deeper strategy just yeah, having yeah. to like play fun and like I experiment yeah. with different things so I'm not just putting off my friends by absolutely fucking dominating yeah. them every single time. Right. Um anyway, we've gone on way too long. Don't worry lads. Next week we're recording so next week's episode in 3 minutes time <laughs> and I guarantee we're going to have no conversation in it. We're going to be like we burnt out on our conversation on this episode, so we're going to rush through and talk about Rio 2 in all its glorious detail. So join us next week for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can of course uh, follow me at Jamie P Loxon, Al at Al underscore C's underscore stuff. You can follow us at Blank Spank Pod on Twitter. And Alexander, what else can they do between now and next week? Guys, you got to spread the gospel, all right? Look, let's, let's just be right here. The thing that you can do which actually helps us the most is go onto iTunes and just give us a, a thumbs up, a like, and a, you know, a subscribe. If you do that, if you download the episodes, you are the most incredible person in the entire world. I don't mean to uh, encourage parasocial relationships, but guys, if you do that, we'll love you, and we're basically best friends forever. Uh, we might <laughs> actually be best friends forever in well, real life. Of some, of, some of you listening are. We're not going to tell you who, <laughs> so that would just encourage uh, these of course we, relationships. We, we haven't do. received them for a while, but... But we do have our favorite segment, Friends Thoughts. And oh, well, we've apparently got a Friends Thought. Okay, <laughs> yes. you're, well, we're going to have a Friends Thought next week. Uh, but if you Same. do listen to this show, you are our friend. And if you send in us a message, that is your thought. And therefore, we will read it out in Friends Thoughts. Uh, and, and apparently, we're going to have one uh, next week, which is in about four minutes' time. I am also extremely tired. You know, I'm not a pussy, so I'm not going to bring it up eight times on the podcast like Al. Wow. Uh, but I would like to get to the next episode as well. Right. Uh, so for me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, that's one more app in the bank. Woof, woof, woof. Download <laughs> episodes. Wow. wow, a talking dog with geniuses. <laughs> wow, you managed to bookend this podcast so well. Blank Spank. <laughs>